Welcome to No Judgments Here, the number one rated podcast amongst 20 to 25 of our closest friends. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and with me as always is the man that stirs the drink, the king, the pimp daddy, the soon-to-be father for a second time, Mm. Mr. William Hendricks. How goes it, sir? Wow, those were those were high praises, Mike. It goes well. I have a slight cough, which is annoying Uh-oh. since we don't have a mute button, uh, so yeah. that could be a that could be a problem. But uh, you know, other than that, I'm doing okay. How about how about you? I am doing well. It's been a very long uh, weekend. Um, was up in Omaha getting Matresa all set for her college experience. Yeah, big so time. yeah, Congrats. so kind of been a, a little bit sad, a little bit happy, a little bit proud, a little bit like mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be my therapy for the week. All right. Looking forward to it. So <laughs> what else is going on besides your cough? Sorry about that. You don't have, That's the, all right. you don't have I, the Rona, I, right? Well, I don't know. I haven't been tested. Uh, I'm going to uh, say no, but who, who okay. am I to say? I'm not a doctor. I do not know. Uh, okay. But I, you know, there's just a slight cough. I actually, I cleaned out my office today, Mike, and I'm, I'm starting to hear quite the echo of all the open space uh, that know. is now available. So hopefully this does not um, be a bother for how the sound back happens. Um, I don't know. You said, the the you office was way good. Great. The office was way too cluttered. I needed to clean it. I got it to where I like it. I'm surrounded by four guitars, uh, my desk, uh, my computers, and that's it. Nothing else. It's that's that's the way to go for me. Oh, that's kind of funny because I too changed the location of my office. Which was my oversized recliner. Um, I moved to the uh, to the kitchen table. Well, I should say dining room table, um, just because I started school today. So I wanted to have a change of venue to you know really immerse myself in my studies. Sure, it's exciting. This is your final semester, correct? It is. It is. Um, I started off today by doing um, my elective class, which is a history of rock and roll class. Really. Uh, it's uh, pretty interesting stuff. Um, even for just in the first week, um, they were kind of going over techniques to listen to music and uh, just to see how the beginning of rock and roll started and what they based it off of, like 12 bar blues and the doo wop progression and stuff like that. So um, it was a little bit different way to listen to music than what I normally do. So it was, it was kind of neat. Um, got to listen to some older songs, you know, Jailhouse Rock and. Still of the Night by uh, the White. I can't remember who sang it. Um, also, like some Steely Dan and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Stuff did that you I guys would to. did you guys celebrate the 52nd anniversary of Woodstock '69? Um, well, see, this is an online course, so I do not have any inter- any interactions with any of my other classmates mm. or or the instructor. So oh, okay. it's not a Zoom class. No, it's not a Zoom class. It's just okay. a straight, straight online. Uh, you know, this is the stuff you need to do. Go ahead and do it. Gotcha. Okay. So well, we 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 do have to write a couple of different papers. We have to review an album from uh, 1969 or before, hmm. um, and we also got to review one from 1970 to 2000. Wow. Um, we have to write a paper on a concert review. Um, obviously, they put in there with the fact of COVID. They put a bunch of links to like some of the tiny desk concerts that NPR puts on. Mm-hmm. Um, or we could choose to write one for one of the shows if we do attend shows. So wow. that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be neat um, to go through it and 
and see what it's all about. So to see yeah, how much maybe, I really do yeah. know or don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you can learn about, because obviously we need to be better at album reviews. It'll be interesting so. to see if you, if you learn uh, what all goes into an album review by critics out there. Because I generally just say I like it or I don't like it. And right. then we go from there. We don't. I don't dig too deep into the reasons. So, so I'll be interested to hear uh, what kind of knowledge you gain from this class. Well, I think we we're gonna have a little bit different of an album review this week. Um, we are we're gonna be listening. We obviously listened to the Killers' new album. Um, <coughs> mm-hmm. I I listened to this while I was going down the interstate, and I was dictating my notes to my daughter um, <laughs> on what I thought about this album. And she also she also threw in some of the uh, reactions, the bodily reactions, and that I had. Um, <laughs> okay. So it, it could be an interesting review. I haven't really looked over her notes, so I'm going to read them blind, like the first time that I've ever seen them. Okay. So you're going to get everything out of it. So it's gonna, I think it's going to be an interesting review. Exciting. So yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Well, enough of that. Longer than normal introduction um what let's get it going what what's what's new in the news uh mike do we want to go through all the covid news how do we want to cover this i mean as we know now um covid is a is a shit show um the delta variant is wrecking havoc across the music industry and the united states in general um let's just hit the major the major news i should say well, the major news. So let's start off. Corn uh, and Jonathan da- Jonathan Davis tested positive for COVID. Um, they had to cancel Saturday night show, basically like an hour before the gates were to open, which has to be. I, I mean, that just sucks. No matter when that happens, it's only happened a few times in my life. It's mm-hmm. pretty devastating uh, when you've been looking forward to a show for multiple months, and then the hour of power is ready to be there, and they're like, "Nope, sorry." Um, and so they just released a statement within the last couple hours. Uh, because Jonathan has COVID, they are now extending the tour uh, postponement shows through August 26th. Um, so they had to cancel two dates, Syracuse and Darien Lake in New York. Um, and they rescheduled, I believe, five or six shows for September and October. Um, and that's just kind of how it's going to be for the next couple of months, man. Um, it, when If somebody in the band gets COVID, it just fucks everything up um right it, it's almost an instant 10 to 14 day postpone of a tour um and you, then you have to go through the the havoc of trying to reschedule shows and cancel shows and everything else so i i mean this is just the norm of where we're at uh, so far you know the two of us have been lucky but we're only two shows in so uh we got more to come for sure and it's obviously it's a tense or at least it's tense for me knowing with festival of rock Oklahoma coming up here in three weeks now, you know, who's going to be able to actually join the show because there's just not going to be any options. If band a, B, C, and D uh, are unable to play uh, due to the COVID, we're just going to be stuck. And I, I don't know how they're going to handle that because there's right. it's not like you can just get bands to come to prior to Oklahoma on, on a whim. So uh, right. on top of that, one of the, I would say the third state, the roadhouse stage, I think is what it's called. George Lynch, who is one of the headliners, um, he announced he's no longer going to be playing Rocklahoma due to COVID concerns. Um, so that's one guy out. We have no idea what's happening with Limp Bizkit um, currently. Uh, so, so far, it's one band out, one band TBD, and then we're just hoping that everybody else who are all on tour are able to you know, stay away from the COVID. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, I mean, we're starting to see more and more stuff pop up, obviously. I don't know. Did we allude to the fact that all the festivals are going to a vaccinated or proof of negative test? Did we talk about that last week? No, we did not, which was yeah. one of my stories as well. I shouldn't mention Pop Evil, who is on the Rocklahoma bill. Uh, uh-huh. post- they have a COVID case in their camp. Uh, so last night's show in Denver got postponed. I imagine that means five or ten more shows are going to be uh, postponed in the next two weeks for Pop Evil. So there's another Rocklahoma band, but they should be back within three weeks. We will see. Um, but that leads us to the two biggest promoters in North America, Live Nation and AEG. AEG was the first to come to it and announce it. Uh, the policy starts October 2nd. Uh, their wording is a little confusing, uh, but the policy starts October 7th. Your ticket to get into the show is a vaccination or a negative test. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you're not going to the show. It's as simple as that. Um, now, when we first saw that, and Rocklahoma is an AEG-promoted festival, uh, we, our crew, instantly started wondering, you know, what's going to happen here uh, with Rocklahoma? Um, but Rocklahoma ended up within an hour or two announcing that they are encouraging uh, their uh, attendees to get the vaccination. We know what that means. It means diddly squat. Right. Uh, the people who are not vaccinated now are not going to follow Rocklahoma's encouragement uh, to get vaccinated. So currently, that's the stance of Rocklahoma. They're encouraging. They're not mandating. Uh, but starting right. October 2nd, for any venues or festivals, and, and AEG is, a, you know, is in charge of Coachella in the New Orleans mm-hmm. Jazz and Heritage Festival, if you want to get in the door to an AEG event, you will have to approve vaccination. And then Live Nation followed it up a few days later over the weekend, stating, I think the same date, October 2nd, yeah. your ticket to the show is vaccination. Uh, if you don't want to be vaccinated, you're not getting into the show. So uh, pretty major news. Uh, concerts are leading the way uh, when it comes to vaccination pressure uh, for anybody that buys a ticket or wants to go to a show you are now going to have to be vaccinated to go to those shows. You know, I mean, we saw, um, you know, the stats from Lollapalooza, um, you know, the city of Chicago and the health officials and everybody there saying that that wasn't a super spreader event. And they said, what, 90% of the crowd was vaccinated. <clears throat> yep. Um, you know, so yes, we know that the shot, you know, the COVID vaccination, you can still get COVID. Yes, you can still pass it on. Um, but the difference is, is that it potentially is going to save your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I wish people would just get that through their thick skulls, but Hey, you know, do you do you boo? That's all there is to it. So, um, is there any other COVID news or do you have, I don't know. I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this crap because again, it, it, it needs to be talked about, but it feel like that it's been beaten over the head so much that, yeah, no, I, I did not. I, I did not keep up with the list for the week of who has COVID and who's postponing shows or who's yeah. back shows. I didn't want to go through that. It would have been thirty minutes of me yeah. providing COVID details, and nobody right. wants to hear that. Uh, but that, that those are the big ones: Corn, Pop Evil, George Lynch is out, uh, Live Nation, and AEG. Um, uh-huh. You know, I'm all for it. Um, the numbers. Gotcha. It's hard to disagree with the numbers. Um, you know. It's, Stats, numbers don't lie, as they say. Right, right. Um, and and it, there's just not a lot of arguing against it. So that's that. That's pretty much the news. I will say Billie Eilish is number one, again, for the second week in a row with her album, uh, Happier Than Ever. Big news here, Mike. 
Uh, I, I was oh, unable to oh, look it up last week. Oh, oh, Morgan Wallen is no longer in the top five. No longer in the top five. Holy shit! Wow. Okay. This was the album that was never going to die. Never going um, to die. Is it? Did it drop in the top ten? Do you know? Uh, it dropped to number six. Oh <laughs> shit! All right. So he's, well, he's, it, it it's going to be a top ten album for the rest of the year, and yes. you know, I don't know how. Who knows? But um, hey, I guess kudos to him and his fan base. Um, an interesting thing that I did learn this morning: um, the charts are not a a indication of what is impactful or is actually what is popular. It is a trend for the changes in people's music tastes. If that makes sense. Uh, it does not. Go on. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to, okay, you know, I'm going to have to pull this up now. <laughs> um <laughs> While while I'm pulling this up, um, what do you remember? What the other stuff was that were on the in the charts? Um, anything that is relevant, like newer stuff, or ooh, I don't. Uh, Pop Smoke is in there. Um, Who? Pop Smoke. I think he's the dead rapper. Pop Smoke. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Olivia Rodrigo is number two. Um, I think it's basic. It's basically all rap. Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo, and Morgan Wallen. Huh. Okay. All right. So I might have mistaken this. Um, okay. Everyone is familiar with charts that rank hit songs and albums by popularity for a given week. And the best known American charts appear in Billboard magazine. Charts help us draw general conclusions about the popularity of a song or an album at the time it was released. It can also be useful to compare how certain songs did on pop charts with the way they fared on rhythm and blues or country charts, or even on the British charts. Um, do we know how Morgan Wallen is on the country charts? Do you know that? He's got to be number one. Okay. Well, let's take a look. Anywho, going back to that, um, it basically, it's, it helps us avoid the fan mentality. Uh, it keeps us honest. Among scholars, charts are viewed with understandable suspicion because little is known about how they have been put together in the past, making them susceptible to manipulation. Clearly, charts are not precision instruments for measuring a song or album's success or popularity, and they do not accurately reflect the popularity or influence of some songs or albums. A record can chart well and have little influence, or chart moderately well, or even poorly, and have a lot of influence. But in a broad sense, charts are still the best instruments we have available to judge listeners' changing tastes, even if the measurements are flawed. Um, hot country songs. No, I don't want that. I don't want hot country albums. Top album countries. Top album countries. Yep, he is still number one. 27 weeks at number one. 30 weeks on the chart. <laughs> That's crazy. That is insane. Insanity. Fuck that, just, dude. Just um, cruising along. Cruising right. along. I was trying to along. look at I was trying to look at Spotify's uh, album charts, but I can't find it. I can only find top songs and i know we don't know any top songs out there no that's not for it's not our uh, jam no no we're not we're not country music aficionados yeah um right on all right well what other news we got anything uh, that's that's it that was it, it's been a covid related week there's no exciting tours out there i will say one no. tour 
that caught my attention today was Under Oath, uh, taking out Every Time I Die in Spirit Box in 2022, uh, which is a pretty cool tour, but not coming anywhere close to me, which is pretty usual, pretty standard when it comes to uh, those type of bands. There's not really anywhere near Arkansas for a band like Under Oath to play um, unless they go to Oklahoma City. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know what? We we totally missed out because we've been doing this kind of at the intro of every song. We mm. both saw some. We both saw some concerts. We did last yeah. week. Absolutely. Well, why don't you go? Why don't you talk about your concert experience first? Okay, I will start. Uh, I had I had scheduled two concerts for the week. Uh, I was excited for both of them. The Black Crows and Dirty Honey were on Tuesday. Alanis Morissette and Garbage were on Saturday, along with Cat Power. Unfortunately, my child got sick on Tuesday, um, uh, and I was unable to attend. Uh, pretty big, good show to miss. Um, yeah. But that that's that's how life is. That's my Do first you... instance of the baby making me miss a concert. So that's yeah. that's that's my life now. <laughs> now, did did uh, Trey go to that concert? Trey did not. A couple of my friends okay. did. So the Anhalts went. Uh, Dustin didn't have fond words to say about either band. He didn't like Dirty Honey. He thought they'd be a good Aerosmith cover band. Um, I'm not sure if he knew they were they actually do a cover of Aerosmith or not. That's what he. That's uh, it was just his review. And he said the Black Crows were fine, but not really his thing. So he didn't have really rave reviews. One of Erica's good friends. Uh, Janelle uh, thought the concert was great. Uh, she got there late for Dirty Honey, so only saw a couple songs, but liked what she heard. And she she thought the Black Crows were phenomenal. And Chris and Rich Robinson killed it. So two different reviews uh, based yeah. off of what they saw. I would say Janelle's definitely a bigger music fan than Dustin. Dustin goes to all the shows at the end, basically. But Janelle is definitely more in our wheelhouse of music. She's going to Louder Than Life Festival uh, here at the end of September, which I'm very jealous of. Um, right. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Janelle over Dustin, even though I've been best friends, good friends with Dustin since like third grade, but he just yeah. has a different type of music uh, in his life. So I, I don't expect him to love Dirty Honey. So, uh, but that's the real, it was not a packed crowd. They said there was plenty of room up in the lawn. Um, so moving on to Saturday, I was able to go to Alanis and Garbage and the place was super packed. Um, probably 10 to 11,000 strong. I, I got there during Cat Power set Um and I'll brag about the logistics here in a moment, because I, I guess that's going to be one of the things I really look at at concerts. That's not a surprise right. uh, for me, but uh, I will say Garbage was great. Um, I knew every single song they played, and I don't listen to Garbage a lot. That's just how much their music is played out there. Uh, I, I thought it was awesome. Shirley Manson uh, took a moment uh, to state that this is their first time to play Arkansas since opening up for the Smashing Pumpkins back in the 90s. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard a band state something like that. Um, right. It was really really cool moment for me because uh, I was there with the Ian Holtz and Dustin and I both went to that show in the 90s when Garbage did open up for the Smashing Pumpkins. Trey went to that as well. Um, and that was a sold out show at Barton Coliseum in Little Rock, Arkansas. So it was nice of her to recognize uh, something so far back. Uh, but she was great. She sounded great. Uh, now for this particular uh, performance for Garbage, I was in the very back. Uh, like beyond the lawn, uh, I was in the, uh, there, there's a new pavilion they built. Um, and I was in the pavilion part way back and they didn't have the video monitor going. So basically I could only hear uh, what uh -huh. was happening. Uh, but uh, I, I thought Shirley Manson sounded really good. I wish I could have seen the band, um, but everything you expect from Garbage, they played. Uh, it, I'm Only Happy When It Rains was the, sh was the closer. Also played Paranoid, a number one crush. Um, and I can't think of the other shit, but you know the Garbage songs. They're out there. They're yeah. good. 
Uh, for Atlantis, Dustin was in the VIP section, uh, approximately four rows back, um, and he had some empty seats around him. Uh, so I went ahead and, and made my way to the VIP section and set with the Anhalts uh, for Atlantis Morissette. Um, and let me tell you, she's pretty awkward. She's an, she's, <laughs> she's an awkward performer. I meant to do some research to get her thought process of what it's like performing in front of crowds. Uh, because I think she purposely never looked at us. She really? she she walked from side to side, from side to side, wow. just kept walking from side to side while she's saying. And she would stop at each end of the stage, but she would face like the concessions. She was not facing the audience. She would face the concessions when she stopped and sing that way. And then she'd walk back. Um, and that's just what she did all night. She did a little bit of conversation with the crowd. Uh, somebody mentioned I love you. She said, of course, I said I love you back. Uh, they had a really cool intro of, you know, how Jagged Little Pill, how big it was in the culture 25 years ago. I thought it was a great intro, about five minutes long of every single time <laughs> it felt like Jagged Little Pill or any of the songs from Jagged Little Pill were, were in our culture on TV and with Atlantis as well. Obviously, that this is an album that sold 17 million copies uh, so you know every single aunt song on there. They played all right. but one song. Um, the songs I can in my pocket, ironic, you ought to know, um, still resonate, um, still sound great. There are multiple songs on the album that, eh, I mean, aren't real good in 2021. Um, right. And kind of and brought down the set. She also played some different hits uh, from her career um, that I don't think the crowd really responded well to either. But, the, you know, the crowd was pretty pumped man and, and for the sing-alongs it was a, it was a loud crowd so i would say overall it was a good show it was not a great show um her, her band was okay there wasn't anything special about the performance but it was cool to see uh jagged little pill performed almost in full right what song didn't they play i'm about know? to look for you yeah hold on they did not play they did not play. Give me one second. Give me Jeopardy theme if you have to. Forgiven. They did not give us Forgiven. Let me play okay. a little small snippet of Forgiven if I can. Probably can't. Come on. Come on, play. Oh, here it is. It's a slow, it's a slow moving tune. <laughs> yeah. As soon as, as soon as it starts playing, my computer died on me. So there goes that. Uh, but Forgiven was the only track. She even played the um, the, the hidden song, the secret song on the album, um, which is about her rumbling through her ex-boyfriend's house. Um, but they played it in like in eight different themes on the album. It's just her acapella. Uh, but, but they played it in like a reggae theme and like a hard rock theme. It's kind of strange, but I guess it, it worked as well. I thought it was cool that they performed it. But let me tell you about the cool stuff, Mike, if I may. Sure, uh, go ahead. So this is my first time at the AMP in almost two years. Um, the last time was September of 2019. Obviously, we know what happened. But the AMP was going through renovations for the 2020 uh, summer season. Uh, so nobody got to enjoy that last year. Um, and I have to tell you, the AMP has become an absolutely just unbelievable, beautiful venue. Probably one of my favorite venues there is right now. Um, I think all the amenities are great. Uh, they've added concessions. 
they have a huge pavilion at the top of the lawn now. Uh, so that way, if you don't want to sit in the lawn, there's plenty of room to spread out on the concrete um, and, and have a drink at a huge bar in the back. Uh, they got bathrooms up top now for more people. They got more bathrooms everywhere. The entrance was flawless, man. There was no line to get in at all. Uh, you can now rent uh, chairs uh, for $10 a show. Maybe a little steep, but, you know, I went ahead and did it. Um, right. And then you just you just leave your chair behind when you leave the show. Um, it man, it's just it's an amazing place to see a venue. Um, I know you haven't been there, uh, but everything no. around the Walmart amp has just exploded. Like I drove up there, and there's just so I mean it's it's become an entertainment district around the Walmart amp. Um, but I mean, there's also businesses, which is kind of annoying as well. Uh, but it's just it's become a beautiful beautiful place to see a concert. And if you want to make a full day of it, Top Golf is now right next door. Plus, you got bars and restaurants galore, like Torchy's Tacos, Smitty's Garage, uh, Fuzzy's Tacos, Chewy's. I mean, just options are limitless, and you can now make a show at the Walmart Amp into an event uh, with your friends and family. If you're going with them, I went by myself to this particular concert, met up with the Inhalts. But man, I, I'm really excited. I'm really happy with everything that's happened with the Walmart Amp. They, they've done a wonderful job. Nice. Was now you've always often complained about getting in and out of there. Was that was that better or like getting out oh, of there? It was, it was flawless, man. It was it was nice. uh, almost like us for the uh, the at the zoo amp, except I didn't have to oh, walk wow. as far. Uh, the parking, nice. all the parking uh, for Walmart amp is free, which is great. Uh, they haven't started adding it to our ticket, or there's nobody taking money at this time. So you know, you park in one of the businesses. It's a, short five minute walk to the venue uh getting into the venue they've opened up the entrance it's a massive entrance now so they've they've probably doubled uh the amount of entrances to get in the place um so mm -hmm. you know for ten thousand people now i was a little late so the crowd i mean there was a big crowd already kind of like what we did with the Foo fighters at the zoo amp um but i i mean i walked straight in handed my ticket over I, from from parking the car to getting my spot uh, at the pavilion was probably 10 minutes max so it was awesome nice well good um, yeah, you know, like you said, it'd be interesting to see, um, to see, you know, when set perform that. And I often want to come down to the amp because they, they always have a good list of shows or, you know, good schedule. Um, you just live so fucking far away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're getting um, better every year. I mean, I, I'm right. starting to feel they're you know, it, if we can get rid of this COVID thing, I, I bet every single year. I can probably pick 10 to 15 shows that I want to go to because the, the season's going to start in April. It's not yeah. going to end because of the weather until the end of October. Like Slipknot, for instance, is October 26th, I believe. Yeah. Um, so you just get a, a literal shit ton, literal, a literal shit ton of shows. Um, I, I think this season they ended up with 35 to 40 concerts, which is pretty amazing because I think it was March when they had like three concerts announced. So they, they did a beautiful job of putting a – a, a really full calendar available for everybody. Good, good, good. Well, I mean, hopefully someday um, we'll put that on, on the list of where I need to see shows at. So um, it's on there for me this week. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing Blackstone Cherry, um, which um, if you know anything about their music to our listeners, <laughs> I love Blackstone Cherry. Um, mm -hmm. Good Southern, good Southern rock band. Um, the opening act was a group called Shooter Jacks. Um, I had never heard of them. 
Um, they actually waited until the song before their last song to actually announce who they were um, <laughs> because they weren't listed on the bill anywhere or anything like that. Um, so, but they were pretty good, you know, kind of the same vein, Southern rock, um, you know, a little bit, you know, corporate jams in there, you know, they went on some extended periods of just playing their instruments, which is always just cool. Um, but they were, they were pretty good. Blackstone Cherry, um, they killed it, you know probably a crowd of maybe 250, maybe 300 people. Um, and they played that show like it was a headliner at Coachella nice. or a, head, a headliner, you know, at any festival. Um, it was awesome. Um, great energy. Um, I don't know. I can't remember who the lead singer is, uh, what his name is. It's the same members of the band, except for the bassist who's new, but they've been together for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. uh, God, you know, he is a very underrated guitar player. Um, you know, me and Jason went with, uh, went with our friend Jason White, and we were sitting there thinking of other bands where the lead singer is also the lead guitar player. Mm. Can you name any? Whew, I'd, I'd have to give that some thought. Uh, I mean, not yeah. off the top of my head. I mean, I mean no, you're going to think of Clapton. But... You're going to think of Clapton. You're going to think of Hendrix. You know, but other than those two, maybe Prince, you know, but I mean, in, in modern rock, you don't, you don't get that anymore. And this guy, I mean, he is, he sounds amazing. Um, he's got a great voice. They sound just as good as they do on, on record. Um, it's just, it was a really, really good show. The only disappointment I had is they didn't do Rain Wizard. Um off of their first album, which I really like. And there was another one that I can't think of right now. But other than that, the set was just packed with greatest hits. Um, they did their cover of uh, Give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman. Um, they did a little snippet of Can't You See, which they've also covered. But other than that, it was, uh, it was a great show. The venue, I was, I was pretty surprised. Um, this bar has gone through d three different owners in the 10 years that I've lived here. Um, and has always been a country bar, but I thought that the show was inside, but it was actually outside. Um, what they did is they bought the vacant lot next to them and they set up a stage and, you know, kind of made it really nice, but it was a nice little small venue for an outdoor concert, you know, could probably hold maybe five, 600 people. Um, but it was really cool. And, you know, they're doing a pretty decent job of getting some decent acts in there. I mean, I hate to say it, obviously they had Buck Cherry playing there not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many people actually went to that show. It might've been a grandma and her dog. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was sold out. Mike. Let's, let's be really... <laughs> yeah. What's this called? All, uh, it's called Joe's Honky Tonk. Joe's Honky Tonk. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Not a bad show. Casey Donahue's played there a couple times. Um, Afro Man has played there. Um, I can't think of anybody else that's played there besides fucking Buck Cherry. Um, <laughs> Logan, I think Logan Logan Mize might have played there. Um, there's been some country artists that have played there. Um, but now that they're bringing in some rock acts, I mean, hopefully they can get somebody, you know, a lot, around the Blackstone Cherry size crowd. So maybe I'll. I really like Blackstone Cherry. But. Now, does Blackstone Cherry have a new album out that we have not reviewed? 
They have one coming out soon. Um, let me take a look. I just he was talking about it, but I can't remember. Supposedly they had released it before, but they said they were re-releasing it. But it's not anywhere on um, iTunes or anything like that. The Human Condition. When did that come out? Um, that's a good question. See, we do stuff here, you know, on the fly. Um, that came out October. Come on, October thirtieth, twenty twenty. But they were talking about a new album, which I haven't seen any mention of anywhere. I mean, I'm looking on their website, and I don't see it. Oh, here we go. What? Family Tree, that's an older one. I don't know. I was, trying to, look, not, I, was, I, was, I was trying to look at Joe's Honky Tonk's website, but you need a password to check it out. So, so much for that. Really? I don't think they have a website. I think it's on a it's Facebook. On a Facebook. So, you need to get a website. You you don't do the Blackstone. You don't do the Facebook. <laughs> the Blackstone. Uh, the Blackstone. Yeah, I, I, I try not to do the Facebook. Let's see. June 24, 21, they released a single, Give Me One Reason, but I don't see anything else about a new album. And what did you say about the human condition? What's that? That came out last year? Yeah, that came out last year. But what about it? It came out. What about it? No, it came out in October. I haven't okay. listened to it. So they're, but they have another one coming out in 2021, even though they just brought this one out in October. Yeah. Okay. That's what they said. Interesting. Yeah, but again, I mean, like I said, sound system was on point. Everything sounded great. Um, all aspects of what you wanted to hear, guitar, bass, drum, vocals, everything came through loud and clear. It was just an great show for a small venue. Good. It's good to hear. Do you have any other concerts coming up before the, the big one? No. Rock and is next up. Um, yeah. Three weeks. Yeah, three weeks, weeks away. Yeah. yeah. Three weeks away. So... I will. Uh, I guess I'll start listening to the Rocklahoma playlist at this point. Yep. And um, try to get familiar with some of these smaller bands. Nah, you know what? I don't know if I can. Oh, by the way, Constant uh, Town uh, did a feature on our boy Jarris Johnson. Oh, really? Yeah. Do tell. What does Consequence of Sound think of the TikTok superstar? Cool. I just know they. Did. I just oh. know. Up and rising rocker, TikTok rocker, I think is how they framed it. Uh, they so did. They did say TikTok rocker, though. Right? They they did. Yes, they did mention TikTok. Let me see if I can find it real quick, just to get a snippet. That's that's what I was just doing. <coughs> oh, it's Punk Week. It is Punk Week. 
Travis Barker uh, flew an airplane for the first time since his crash. Billy yeah. Jorm, Joel performed Iris with Goo Goo Dolls, which is kind of weird. Um, where is it at? Let me search on this thing. Let me search. I don't even know how to spell Jairus Johnson, though. J E R I S, maybe? Okay. Excuse me. Um, ooh. Ed Sheeran and Cradle of Fist Danny Filth that are plotting a collaboration. There you go. Uh, that'll like be that. interesting. Yep. Here it is. Jairus Johnson shares the origins of his new post inspired by a hot date, TikTok, and more. Um, but that's just a bit. Well, I guess that's kind of it. Our new music feature origins give artists the chance to offer insights into the, the latest release. Today, Jarius Johnson talks about the inspiration behind his new single, Going Ghost, and its accompanying visuals. TikTok sensation Johnson is on a roll. Having amassed over a million followers on the platform, he's at the forefront of a new generation of around short videos and indomitable virtual swagger. Where Johnson differs, however, is his true dedication to rock music. On top of all that, social expertise. There you go. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Still not excited. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he'll change hey, you know what? Maybe he'll win. Right? Maybe, yeah. maybe he will. You know, I mean, obviously, I, I told the story how I wasn't a huge fan of Ben Sevenfold, and then I saw them in concert. And that's, that's one of the great things. Yeah, that's one of the great things change, about live change, music. Changed my mind about it, but exactly, I am not holding my breath. Okay, that's fine. Well, w- tell me about your this week in concert history. Wiz concerts, Wiz concerts, Wiz concerts. Is a little bit shorter than last week. Uh, okay, for those who remember. August 1st through August 9th was freaking massive. Uh, 35 yes. This one's much, much shorter. Uh, so we'll start with the band, the Strumbellas. I don't know if you re- know who the Strumbellas are, Mark. Or, no. I just called Mark. you Mark for Who's Mark? <laughs> I don't know. Are you cheating on me? Damn it. Uh, Mark? Damn it. Oh, man. Why did I say that? I don't so know. weird. So weird. Um, I was trying to, I was going to try to get to the Spotify song, but I got rid of Spotify. So song the Strumbillas, although it's a great song. I saw them at JBGB's, uh, which has since closed down. It's now becoming JJ's Live. A really good concert. I enjoyed them. Good live band. Uh, they're not rock and roll, but they have some good, they have some rock tendencies to them, uh, but they're more poppy than rock. On the 14th, 2019, I saw Bush in live at the Amp. Our Lady Peace was the opening I got to saw them though. Maybe I got to hear Clumsy. I can't remember what happened. I think we got there a little late. Uh, but Bush and Live, who were, we were supposed to see as the Soundgarden uh, takeover from the Rocklahoma experience, that did not happen. Um, so this was my first experience, I think, to see Live with What's His Face as the uh, lead singer since Ed Cole was or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. On August 12, 2018, uh, to ever hit the amp. I was stunned when we got this tour. Slayer, Lamb of God, Anthrox, Anthrax, Anthrax. <laughs> I can't speak. Anthrax. Oh, man. Anthrax. Uh, damn it. Napalm Death. Damn it. Napalm Death and can't speak anymore. August 12, 2018. That was a great show. It was the farewell tour for Slayer. I'm glad that the Walmart amp was a uh, 
willing to have them at the show. On August 12, 2016, uh, Erica and I went with my father to see Michael McDonald and Boz Skaggs at the Walmart Amp. Uh, it was a very old crowd, obviously, but a really good show. Michael McDonald was great. Uh, Boz Skaggs has some really good hits in his career. Um, on August 13, 2015, I went to the Hard Rock Casino in Tulsa by myself to see Whitesnake put on a fantastic performance. I love that show. Um, also on August 15th, just two days later, 2015, uh, again, went with my dad to Kansas City to see Boz Skaggs. Um, and Booker T was the... The MGs are usually with Booker T, uh, but this time yeah. it was just Booker T and his son. I show. 17th, 2012, I flew to Dallas by myself in Coheed and Cambria. Freaking awesome show. Nice. I loved it. Uh, the only bummer about that is, uh, if you recall, Mike, and you may tell us in your concert history, I Mumford and Sons were at the Pinewood Bowl in Lincoln, and I had tickets to go see that. Uh, but once I went to Iron Maiden, I opted not to take the trip uh, to Lincoln to see that with you guys. Um, right. On August 13th, 2009, uh, I went to the Quest Center with our buddy Wardlaw to see Green Day and Franz Ferdinand, a really cool show. Enjoyed that. We got drunken and shitty and had a good time that particular night. 2008, I saw Candlebox, I believe, for the very first time um, at the Rev Room. I saw with a host of people, including Wardlaw and the wife. Um, I think my brother, a couple other folks. On August 16th, 2003, went to the Missouri State Fair in Sedalia, Missouri, uh, to see the Goo Goo Dolls, Sugar Ray, and Uncle Cracker. Talk about a trio. What a wonderful trio that was. Yeah. That was a long That is a good one. That, that, I, that was a little bit too far to see those three particular bands. Little, uh, Lincoln to Sedalia uh, was like five hours or something like that. Really don't need to go that far uh, to see those three particular bands, but it was a good show. I, I've never, that's the only time I ever saw Sugar Ray. So, you know, there we go. I was happy to, happy to get that in. Uh, on August 12th, 2001, Mike, big show here, uh, Primer 55 at the Ranch Bowl. Uh, it's momentous in my life because it's the very first show I saw as a resident of Lincoln, Nebraska. So, kudos to that. What show was that? Primer 55 at the Ranch Bowl. Nice. Yeah, I think I moved there. I want to area August sixth through August tenth, um, and saw Primer Fitz. Really cool. A month later, and we all know what happened then. And then two months later, my brother died. So everything just turned to shit at that at that point. But that yeah. one month there, August was a really cool time. 2000, I went to Springfield, Missouri, the juke joint by myself. And I was actually moving to McCook. Uh, so I had a truckload of stuff, uh, but I went and saw Project 86 and Ultra Spank, uh, two bands who I really, really loved back in 2000. I wish they were on Ozfest. They weren't. So they played a juke joint, which was a really awesome bar in Springfield. On the interstate that particular night. And the next day, I went to Kansas City and saw Ozfest 2000. Fucking awesome bill of Ozzy, Pantera, Godsmack, Incubus, Static X, Queens of the Stone Age, POD, Soulfly, Disturbed, Primer 55, Methods of Mayhem, Tommy Lee. Awesome show was there with Troy Rock. And, uh, some other folks, I, Wardlaw was there, um, and I'm sure some other some other people met up with us as well. Um, and then the next day I went to McCook to live. And that's it. Short list. Wow, yes. that is a short list. Those concerts. We... Concerts. That's August 10th through August 17th. 
All right. Well, I had one show um, during that time that I can recall. Mm -hmm. Um, August 15th, I believe, 2015. Let me double check that date to make sure. It was in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Capital City Rib Fest. I saw Casey Donahue. Nice. Um, me and uh, Kathy and Matresa, because Matresa loved her some Casey Donahue at that time. Mm -hmm. um, she even had her picture taken with him. Oh. Um, yeah, so she was pretty excited about that. So that was an all-around good show. I think also Here Come the Mummies was there during there that time. Go. That's a good um, one. They, they, they opened up for Casey Donahue. Um, <laughs> That's kind of an odd, odd billing, but hey, you know, Very um, nice. other than that, that's the only show that I can remember during this time. So, but you did go to that Mumford and Sons show, right? I did. I did. And that was the 20th. So, okay. It was, it was August 20th of 2000. Okay. That makes sense. August 17th was Iron yep. Maiden. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so that's it for my concert history. Obviously not as illustrious as the man's, but hey, you know what it is, what it is. It is so, what it is. It is what it is. So let's move on to some album reviews. Did you uh, did you listen to Shake Your Money Maker? I know you did because you were gearing up for the concert. Yeah, I definitely did because I was I was excited to be there. Um, and so I, I love this album. Um, I'm trying to find the non-deluxe version, uh, which yeah. is 36 songs here. Um, yeah, I, I was I was bummed to miss this man. Uh, because really, I, I don't know if there's really a bad song on here. It's 43 minutes. No. Yep. Um, in, in 1990, Black Rose were really their own thing, man. It, it was in this weird kind of window of, obviously, you got the 80s hair metal, which they are not. And you got some of the grunge that's coming out in 90, which they uh -huh. were not. It's also nope. not metal. Um, I, I don't know if I knew what Southern Rock was in 1990, but that's really the closest thing you can really say what this was. But I, yeah. I just, there to me... In 1990, as an 11, 12 year old, uh, I, there just wasn't a lot of bands out there like Black Crows, and they had, they had some great videos uh, for mm -hmm. Hard to Handle, Twice as Hard, um, Jealous Again, and uh, the best video obviously was She Talks to Angels. Um, just a great album, um, and I yes. recall during that time, or it may have been the beginning album, uh, they went on tour with ZZ Top, and I, I think if you now, if I would have known back when I was 11 is a, a good band to kind of compare what the, the Black Crows were um, because type of rock and roll. Uh, but it's a great album. I actually did not know. It's hard to handle, right? That's an Otis Redding song? Yeah. So yeah. this is There's pretty actually, much this is pretty much new information to me. So when I was going through the album, I went version, uh, the original. It sounds exactly like the Black Crows. <laughs> I don't it Black does. Crows changed absolutely nothing about it. So uh -oh. Otis Redding did a, a great job with the tune. It's it's a great song. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I'm 15 years old at this time when this came out. Um, and it really didn't hit my <laughs> radar at that time. I kind of thought it I kind of thought of it as my dad's rock and roll. Um but all in all, I mean, you know, going back and looking at it now, I mean it's a great album, like you said. I mean, it came out in 1990. They were voted the best new American band in 1980 by uh, uh, the wonderful publication that is Rolling Stone, um, even though they gave it, you know, three out of five stars. Um, but yeah, twice as hard, jealous again. She talks to angels. I mean, still obviously great songs that still stand up in 2021. So um, I, I listened to this. I didn't listen to it recently. It's been a couple months since I listened to it when I got it on vinyl, but I mean, it's, it, it is just a great, great album, you know, 
Um, it peaked at number four on the charts. Um, and it, it tells you in 1990 when, you know, Guns N' Roses and Warrant and Poison and, and all those bands are at the top of the charts that a good, straightforward rock and roll band, you know, beats out what, you know, essentially besides Guns N' Roses was glam metal. So I dug it. Good, good stuff. Um, yeah, and we should mention, I mean, the, the songs that were not the singles are also really, really strong songs. Oh, yeah. Um, I love yeah, Sister Luck, Could I have Been So Blind, yep. Singing Things. And I think it was the last song on the album uh, that's kind of a jam rock song, um, uh, Stare It Cold, or, or maybe it was Strut uh-huh. and Blues. Really strong. I mean, I, I love bands that can make, like, their very date, their first album, their introduction to the world, just off. that's not a term yeah. at all but we'll go with that uh rock your socks off is that what i'm trying to say that'll um, work that'll yeah. work and rock i feel like off. i feel like they also maybe opened up for aerosmith during this time frame um yeah i don't think i saw that i don't think i saw them for the first time uh, so it took me a while to, to finally get on them and by the time i started seeing them live they had turned into a jam band Completely yeah um energy from the band at that point uh, because they were like really i mean it was they would they would perform for like an hour and a half and it was like 10 songs maybe in an hour and a half that you got i mean they were still good it was just a different energy than what you got from the debut album right definitely uh, i i agree um their their second album was uh kind of stayed true to the formula but i believe by the third album that's when they kind of started stretching out their songs and kind of really just losing who they were um, was that because of the relationship between the brothers Robinson? Who knows? So, but definitely listen to it if you haven't listened to it in a while. Um, just overall good stuff. Yeah, I like looking back that at those brings- tours. So, in Aerosmith, Robert Plant, and ZZ Top. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah you can't you can't beat that. So yeah. that brings us to the next album. Um, the killers their new release pressure machine um i said earlier at the top of the show that i dictated my notes to my daughter and she wrote quite the extensive stuff that i was saying so do you want me to just go ahead and go first because or oh, do you yeah. want to just first just give me your overall impression because you said you're all about the i liked it i didn't like it um how did I, you I, think of this album I was surprised. I, I didn't. I, I don't leave. Now, was I, that a good surprise or a bad surprise? Um, it was like a middle of the road surprise. So I will say the first time oh, I was, okay. it was a bad surprise because it was nothing uh-huh. what I was expecting from the Killers. The, the Killers are a flamboyant um, rock and roll Vegas band. Like it's party anthems, party rock anthems. I mean, when we were young and. I mean, just feel good. You want to hear that, and they're they're they are the 2021 quintessential arena rock band, in my opinion. And then this album is not that at all. I don't know how they're going uh-huh. to perform this stuff in concert. Uh, I, uh-huh. I don't think I knew it was a concept album, um, so I was just taken aback. <laughs> I was just taken aback. And then I listened to it a second and third time. Um, once I did finally like get some understanding of what this album is, and some of the songs are fine. Um, it's good storytelling. Um, it's good songwriting, but the songs just don't stand out to me. 
but Brennan Flowers <laughs> makes some okay. It's just uh-huh. it, to me for the Killers, it's a complete departure from what we know of the Killers. Right, and I don't, I don't okay. know much like we said for Kings of Leon's latest album, and I kind of put Killers and Kings of Leon here uh, based off of the bands we generally listen to. I don't know what mm-hmm. songs from this album I would want to hear in concert. And I think that's not, um, that's, not that's not promising. That's not what you want to hear from a new album. Right. Okay. Well, here we go. Um, so it starts off by saying the Killers Pressure Machine Review. Head shake count 12 in total for the whole album. Um, first song, West Hills, already disappointed. Expect the first song to set the tone of the album. If this is the tone, then this is going to suck donkey dick. Um, first song is extremely important. In between songs one and two, is this a 90s rap album? All the skits that are between songs. Um, second song, Quiet Town. All right, second song isn't too bad. Harmonica is nice. Uh, third song, Terrible Thing. Um, song three is depressing <laughs> and uh, I, I guess in quotes I said I know Killers are not a hard rock band but at least give me some rock mm-hmm. um, I must have been quoting a lyric here barbed wire town with barbed wire dreams what the fuck <coughs> um, again in quotations if this song doesn't pick up soon I might kill myself um, fourth song Cody another skit weird sarcastic fist pump <laughs> finally a guitar solo Best track, not saying much. Um, and I guess in between four and five, uh, it must have dawned on me where I said concept album, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, song one, song five, Sleepwalker. I said it's upbeat at least. Still waiting for that big chorus. Um, song six, Runaway Horses featuring Phoebe Bridgers. Um, pleasing to the ears, Phoebe's voice is nice. Yeah. Yet here, we, yet here we are with another slow song. Song seven, In the Car Outside. Seems like a killer song. Not bad. So far, it's my second favorite track on the album. And then I must have made a dad joke at this time. Mm. And I said, opposed to the In the Car Inside. No one with me laughed. Uh, (laughs) Song was too long. Last minute was not necessary. Song eight, In Another Life. Not my style of music. Very displeased look on the face of the reviewer. Um, song nine, Desperate Things. Reviewer just thinks the album sucks at this point. Um, has the same displeased look on his face from the last song. <laughs> um, song 10, Pressure Machine. I, I must have said Jesus Christ and not in a good way. Um, uh, I guess I have no words. It's that bad. Um, song Getting By. And I think I said at this point, I said, I thought we were over it. It's done. No words yet again, just a big sigh and two head shakes of disappointment. Overall, a very depressing album with only a few happy tracks. We'll definitely not get any replay from me whatsoever. Yeah, a depressed this, this, this fucking proper... album is terrible. <laughs> uh, depressing is now, a, a proper word usage for sure. Yeah, um, this song, this album, you know, I really haven't updated my rankings as of lately, so I, I went ahead and did that today because um, I didn't put the Billy, didn't put the Billy Eilish in there or anything like that. Um, this album ranks below Weezer, OK Human. 
Oh boy. At number at, at number twenty nine. That is only followed by Alice Cooper, Nancy Wilson, and Haley Williams. <laughs> the Billy the Billy Eilish album was better than this album. Did you listen to the Billy Eilish album? No. <laughs> Does that tell you anything? Billy Eilish automatically gets a ranking of twenty seven based okay. on the albums that come behind it. <clears throat> now, uh, something I do want to point out is that the critics uh, largely I don't give disagree. A fuck what the critics they did di- they disagree with us, Mike. So let me tell you. Here's the spin review. Um, so oh, Jesus, the Killers' Pressure Machine is a chilling small town portrait. Band's seventh album is a documentary style depiction of Brandon Brandon Flowers' hometown. Uh, Pressure Machine's audacious new concept album is so foreboding and grim that Brandon Flowers this letter from Utah's Department of Tourism. Starring departure from the man of instead painting a grayscale portrait of small town survival, specifically hinging on Flowers' adolescent home of Nepi, Utah. It's a part country rock retrospective, part Coen Brothers thriller, and part This American Life, as the killers commissioned an audio engineer from NPR, no less, to record real-life residents of the northwestern Valley town speaking candidly about their melon bucolic lives. Pressure Machine is in totality big swing, which mostly connects. It's a project that proves the killers won't yet headlining rock legacy status, so it'll be interesting to see if the average Killers fan will grant this album the closer listening it deserves, or will they just speed on past the barbed wire town of barbed wire dreams? And I, I think that review kind of hits it. I don't. I'm a pretty big Killers fan, and I just this yeah. album's just not going to be in the rotation for me. Um, one of the uh-huh. most depressing things, obviously, is the song Cody. I think it's about cancer, but the other part was. Uh, the guy talking about how people get hit by trains in this particular town every few years of getting out of the life that they're leading. So uh, that's just some of the uplifting stuff that you hear on this particular album. You know, I, mean, I, I get that, you know, there, there is a, um, you know, a call or a market or an audience for this type of music. And, you know, if you're in a melancholy mood, maybe so. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I just don't get it, you know, who, especially in these times where you've got fucking negative news all around you, left mm-hmm. and right. And, you know, people need some, some fucking happiness in their life. And maybe I just want that music to give that to me. Sure. Um, this obviously did not do that. So um, I I love Mr. Brightside. One of my favorite songs. I think it's fucking great. Um, I can't say that I'm a huge Killers fan. Um, I haven't listened to a whole ton of it. But, you know, it's, it's often a staple in our family road trips. Okay, there it was. You Mr. Know, Brightside so, has a billion streams on Spotify. Billion. Right. And it's, you know, and it's a song that's obviously not about a good subject, but Jesus, listen to how it's delivered, mm-hmm. you know? So. They should have gone on my pump up list. Right. No, I agree with you 100%. This song is, I'm on bottom of my head. 
the criticism of the pump up list are we Yeah, we can talk about that. I mean, I think we should because, um, once again, I'm in the right and you're in the wrong. So, so let's just you know, let's just backtrack here. You okay. and Trey, oh yeah, five really great. But right to, well, to think I mean, that people just listen up, which is kind of what you're inferring because mine was inspirational no. songs, is no, just no. I mean, silly again. I'm sorry, you're not going to listen to It's a Wonderful or a Beautiful Day by you too while you're, you know, squatting 135 pounds or whatever it is that you do. Um, what? You know, you're not going to do it because it's not a fucking pump-up song, man. It doesn't get the blood going. It doesn't get you like, oh, I'm ready to do this. You know, no. You know, it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to have a beautiful day. That means, you know, there's going to be birds in the air and flowers to smell. You know, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get you amped up. You're not listening to it before you hit the field or the court or, you know, going to play some you know, <laughs> yard hockey or whatever. You know, that's not a song that you're going to listen to. So, yeah, I just called BS on your album. That you were both in metal only. There was no, nothing else but, to but, the But the as list. you remember, there was – but you remember in my honorable mentions, there was mm-hmm. some hip-hop in there, um, you know, and as well as with Trey. You know, I would listen to So What You, you know, easily I was listening to Beastie Boys on the way home. So mm-hmm. What You Want came on and I'm like, oh shit, you know, this is my jam. I'm getting amped. You know, that song pumps me up because of the beats, because of the, you know, just just in general, just the energy that that song brings. But it can be more than just the beat and the RPM and the beat of a song that I'm, hey, you know, if, if wish if wish you were here by Pink Floyd, you know, get you pumped up, then I guess, hey, all power to you. But if it gets somebody, what's that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it, I just threw it out there. I don't know why. You're breaking up on me. Yeah, I accidentally, I accidentally took my phone <laughs> and tried to look up a song, and I don't know why I did that. So hopefully, yeah. it doesn't mess up the rest of the uh, the the uh, playlist here. Yeah, uh, but great. it did inspire me. It did inspire me. I made a pump up playlist in the last week. If you want to so hear you wanna, some of, yeah, you want to re- you want to revise it? I mean, go on ahead. No, and there's no revision. The five oh, yeah, songs it's, it's that a... are on there are great. I just uh-huh. made a playlist of my favorite pump up songs. Okay, go ahead. I can't find it. <laughs> it's, it's not here. Where's it at? Hold on. Did I delete it? No. Nah. Oh, no. Here it is. Okay, so right. here's some of the songs that are on here. Uh, obviously, we got the tracks that were on last week's list, but we'll go with Best of You by Foo Fighters, The Middle Good by Jimmy Eat World. Beautiful Day, obviously, by U2. Lose Yourself from Eminem. Alive from P.O.D. Stronger from Kanye West. I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty. Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger by Daft Punk. Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. Walk one by Pantera. Yep. Little Double Dosage of Stronger. Uh, what Doesn't Kill You. Plus, Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. I would agree. Really, Yeah, absolutely. Babble O'Reilly by The Who. Uh, yep. I Believe in a Thing Called Love by The Darkness. Joker and the oh, Thief yeah. by Wolfmother. Cold yep. Hard Bitch by Jet, 
Uh, yep. Party Hard by Andrew W.K. Seven Nation Army Man. by The White Stripes. Yep. Uh, song yep. Number Two by Blur. When You Were yep. Young and Mr. Brightside by The Killers. I Got Sabotage by Beastie Boys. Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. Hate to Say I Told You So by The Hives. The Kids Aren't All Right by The Offspring. Are right. You Gonna Go My Way by Lenny Kravitz. Little Sister by Queens of the Stone Age. Take It Off by The Donnas. Uh, let me just kind of move along here. One Big Holiday by My Morning Jacket. Young Blood by The Boys in Five Seconds of Summer. One of the yeah. favorites. Uh, Coldplay, Fix You, Straight Lines by Silverchair, and Milf Money by Fergie. There you go. That's my playlist. Uh, you know what? Not bad at all. I mean, obviously, you have yeah. some great ones there. You know, another one that I thought of, um, Jump Around by House of Pain. Oh, that's a great one. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, think about this. What is that? This, this is some milk money by Fergie. I don't know if I've ever heard that. Yeah, you know what? The only reason I've ever heard that, and I wish I still had the list. Um, when I used to do spin at the gym, like all my instructors were females. Uh-huh. But this, this, the sound system in the spin room was so awesome that it basically made every single song sound amazing. And Milk Money was is one of those. It was a it was in a constant rotation, which is also why I have Young Blood by Five Seconds of Summer in there because it was one of our spin tracks back when I did gotcha. spin. Okay, don't play it. I don't. Uh, I don't need. It's I great. Don't, it's I a great tune. No, Such I mean, a great really, it, it isn't. But uh, okay. you know, one of the one of the concerts I really wish I would have gone to. One Direction, Five Seconds of Summer, BOK Center, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I should have attended. I didn't go. It's a regret I'm going to have to live with, Mike. I think Courtney, Courtney saw Five Seconds of Summer. Yeah, there in, you go. In, Den, in Denver. I, I don't know where. Yeah. Never know what you're in for when you're in Denver. She probably saw it at, like, uh, the Fillmore Auditorium. or It might have been the Fillmore. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she said it was a smaller venue. So, um, But, hey, whatever. I mean, you know, again – this is kind of funny because this leads us into our, our list this week, which was uh, we had a voicemail message from our good friend and your co-host from Off the Rails with Will and Doug, um, Mr. Douglas Murray, who actually alludes to the fact of how I think your lists are absolute shit. <laughs> and, uh, I'll, you know, obviously you'll hear that. Uh, I'll, I'll play his message on the podcast here, but he wanted to know what our top five best TV theme songs were. So I'll play the message and then right after the message, we'll get right into it. So. Hi, this is Douglas Murray, host of off the rails, um, podcast. Uh, Frequent listener of No Judgments here. It's, I believe um, at the end of your last episode, um, 27, I believe, you did not have a top five list. Uh, I have a suggestion. Top five best television theme songs. Top five television theme songs. I thoroughly enjoy how Mike never agrees with Will's top five lists. I love that Mike thinks that Will's top five lists are completely off base and not in touch with the actual topic. Good job, fellas. Perfect. There it was. So he wants our top five favorite TV theme songs were. thought this was a good list. Um, so many great... D- difficult. It difficult. is difficult. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's top five favorite. So it's our favorite. So it's really going to be up for, you know, there's no, there's going to be no argument on this list because it, again, it's just up, I don't see how there could be. There shouldn't be an argument on any list, but you argue with every single list. There's definitely, you're no. definitely going to have some issues with some of the songs on my list. No, because these are, these are your favorite. Then great. You know, it, it's easy to argue top five, you know, top five guitarists, top five drummers. Um, when you, you know, <laughs> when you misconstrue a list to be pump up songs, for inspirational songs. I mean, Wind Beneath My Wings is a great inspirational song, but it's not a fucking pump-up song. It is um, not a pump-up song. I agree. But so, you know, you just confused inspirational with pump-up. So, you know, it's not. <laughs> hey, don't take your shitty list out on me. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's just move along here. Our now, did five. Doug, did Doug provide his own top five by any chance? No, he did not. So. Oh, bummer. I figure, you know, um, you know, we'll, have you to get listen, we'll, we'll get him on. Hold on. That's we'll what get I was him on getting DRA. ready to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was getting ready to say. Um, obviously, we need to, uh, you know, we'll discuss it on your guys' podcast. Yeah. Um, so, anywho, being in, number five for me is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm-hmm. Nothing was cooler than seeing a rapper have his own TV show with his own theme song. It was badass. It was great. No, no set. That was my number five. That's one of my number five favorites. What's like your it. number five? What's your number uh, five? Favorite? My number five, and 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 it, this is a very difficult list to make because of how many great TV shows with right. theme songs are in their life. I went with the Scrubs theme song, um, Superman. Yeah. I'm no Superman. It's a great little intro um, to the to me. It, it it's a top three show for me in my life. Uh, so right. the Scrubs theme song to me, love that song. Really catchy. Uh, great and, and Scrubs was also probably the greatest show ever to it, how they incorporated music into their uh, episodes. So I, I want to give a shout out to Scrubs number five, Superman. I never really watched Scrubs. Oh man, got to get on. I that. know, I, I know a, the thing. Get a song, binge, but yeah, get a right. binge. Um, number four for me was the Night Rider theme song. I don't know if you remember Night Rider from back in the eighties. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Great intro, great theme song. Uh, was so cool that uh, uh, you know another rapper used it in one of his songs. Um, Busta Rhymes, fire it up! Yeah. Um, Love that show. Uh, just the theme song was just was was cool. Nice, Night Rider. Uh, number four for me. Uh, another all time great show, Andy Griffith Show. Yeah, yeah. I mean. How, I mean, how often do you whistle that in your life? Like just um, every now I, and then it just comes, I, I, comes through. Well, I'm going to make an admission here. I don't whistle it because I don't know how to whistle. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't whistle. What about, it, it's what about humming? Yep. I, I, I'll hum it from time to time. And again, yep. uh, much like Scrubs, um, much different music back then, obviously. They played a oh, lot. Yeah. Of- so yeah. very big on having music. Uh, on their show, and a lot of it was really, really, really good music. I, I enjoyed iconic. The show. Yeah, you know, it, it's just iconic music. So, you know, um, none of mine. Well, I guess there is one of mine that that is iconic. So, but number three for me is the uh, the theme from Sons of Anarchy, "This Life" by Curtis Staggers and the Forest Rangers. Mm-hmm. Just a cool song. I felt that it tied into um, 
the music and just the <coughs> overall vibe of the show itself. But Sons of Anarchy itself had some great, great music that was um, that is part of that show. Um, that's how I came across, you know, acts like the White Buffalo, who was you know one of my favorites. Um, but you know, just in general, just it was a great intro. It kind of tied the whole. It was the vibe was there. It was perfect. So if you have not seen that, I I, I really think that get get away from the uh, extreme violence and sexual nature of the show. The music, the soundtrack to that whole entire TV series is just spot on. What's that? I've never I've never seen the show. Yeah, I know you haven't. Yeah. So. Number number uh, three for me was uh, year number five, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right, um, it's just a great tune. Uh, Will Smith at his best, um, yeah. And and people still sing it to this day. Um, and that's kind of what you want to hear from a theme song, a, a song that lasts for basically thirty years in pop culture. Uh, exactly, that's what this does. Yeah, definitely. Number two for me is uh, Good Old Boys, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Song song sums it up perfectly. Perhaps uh. Obviously, the car is a little bit outdated <laughs> for uh, today's messaging, but the song itself, I mean, just for what the show was, um, it just fit it to a T. And, you know, you can't go wrong when your theme song is sung by a country legend, you know, in Waylon Jennings. So, yeah, no, that was my great, number two. That's a great one. Absolutely. Thank you for being <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering. I was thinking of... Uh, uh, our family it. loves the Golden Girls. Oh yeah, uh, I mean they're on TV all the time, uh, right. and we we just love them. And that theme song is just man, it's so money. And there's so many shows <laughs> in the '80s that have those type of uh, inspirational. I will say, Mike, yeah, uh, another <laughs> where it's just about being together. And there's so many shows in the '80s that have that. The Golden Girls that were one of the best. That's that's my number two. That is, uh, I was wondering, you know, I'm like, I, I can almost guarantee you he's going to have this one on his list. Um, I think, I, I, in fact, I think we've talked about this before, you know, about that particular song. So, or about that show in general. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, not surprised one bit by that being your number two. Um, I thought it would have been number one. So, um, it was close. It was I'll be interested close. to see what it is. But number one for me is Sopranos. Um, just, uh, you know, a badass song. Um, you know, by the Alabama Three. I can't even remember what the title of it is, but if that is a song that you hear and you automatically think of The Sopranos. In fact, whenever you see an HBO logo, as soon as that fades out, you expect to hear The Sopranos theme song. Yeah, I agree. Um, it really, it really does fit the mood yeah. of what the show was. And it, there's a lot of HBO shows that are able to do that. Uh-huh. Um, absolutely. It, it, it definitely set the theme for what you're about to watch for the next hour. So, right. I loved it. I, I think that's a great number one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad, that's a badass. Song. I just, I just finished it. You know, um, I just, I just rewatched it, binged it again. Um, the series finale still pisses me off. Yeah. Um, As it should. But, but uh, yeah, it's just it was just such a great show, and I can't wait for the movie to come out, the prequel movie, mm-hmm. October first. So uh, for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Such a good tune. <laughs> it is. Such, such a good tune. It is. Who doesn't want to go where everybody knows your name? Right. <sighs> and again, one of, also one of the best sitcoms of all time as well. Yeah. Um, so there is relations there. I mean, these, these five shows are also some of my, not just the theme song, but also definitely top 10, 15, 20 shows of all time as well. Uh, yeah. So just hearing these songs, you get that certain, you, you went a little darker than I did with the list. Um, I was definitely on the happier comedy yeah. sitcoms. So, um, but, yeah. but again, Great you know, thing. and that's, that's a lot of my TV watching though, you know, is, is I watch shows that, you know, or, uh, I don't know if I want to say, I don't want to say cutting edge, but more, mm-hmm. you know, ed- edgier. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm trying to figure out what to watch now. So, I did watch uh, the MTV uh, documentary today. What was that? On Just the A&E. documentary on? Documentary yeah, on was, MTV? Biography. MTV okay. biography. It, it covers how MTV got started. Um kind of the where it kind of started to turn for the worse. Um, and that's where it stopped. It didn't go into like the TRL years or really anything like that. But oh man, you um, gotta include the TRL years. I mean, yeah, those were, no, those were the best times of MTV in my opinion. Uh, no, oh no, 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 no. I think once you started getting the remote controls and the real <laughs> world and road rules and stuff like that. I think that's kind of where MTV lost its luster. Sure, um, but, but TRL yeah. kind of kind of helped that stick around though, because TRL they was did. all about the music. Yeah, um, that, it definitely about people voting for the music. And I, I mean, that was that was a that was a staple of my day for like I don't know five years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I and uh, I remember when Columbine happened. I, I didn't go to CNN or you know NBC or MSNBC. It was around mm-hmm. back then. I went to TRL and Carson Daly. That's, that's what I watched for Columbine. So I mean, it not only was there for the good times and the music. I, I went to TRL for my news and, and what was happening in culture at those uh, at those times. Yeah, I, I can make see it, that. I didn't mean to make it dark there, but that that is no, exactly okay. what I did. No, that's that's perfectly fine. And, and hate to get away again. Thank you, Mr. Murray, um, for giving us a, a very unique yeah. um, list. Yeah, that's um, a great list. Look forward. Um, if you want to hear what Douglas Murray's um, responses are to his top five theme songs, be sure to check out Off the Rails with uh, Doug and Will, or Will and Doug, or however it is. <laughs> however um, it is. A, a very, very fun podcast. Um, a complete, total chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. It's got an awesome segment of DOA, which is fun to do. It is. Um, so, again, just check that out to get his list. We'll make sure that we get his words on there. So, yeah. Um, I just want to mention a few of my honorable mention. Yes. Curb Your, Enth- Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Brady Bunch, Roseanne, yeah. Happy Days, Dukes of Hazard, Gilgan's Island, Friends, Seinfeld, Dexter, Beavis and Butthead, the Big Bang Theory, The Office, Parks and Rec, and that '70s show. That is a good one. I didn't have obviously near as many uh, honorable mentions as yours, but A Team is on there. Yeah. Um, the Jeffersons, um, Sanford and Son. Those yeah, are some great ones as well. Absolutely. Now, um, do you Andy's- recall the Family Ties theme song by any chance? Because I was trying to think no. of that tune. Because uh-huh. I'm pretty confident it's a great one. I think it's one of those inspirational ones again. Um, let me. I'm gonna see if I can find. No, I can't find it. Oh, here it is. Hold on. Let's see if this is it. 
Yeah, here it is. Yeah, this is an honorable mission as well. It's a great tune. I love some family ties. I don't recall it. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so corny. Yeah. So corny. It is. Oh, so corny. So good. All right. That's all we have. That's it for the list. But yeah, I mean, there's so many more. I mean, you know, Jesus, would you please stop? <laughs> You're killing me. Well, yacht rock, right? <laughs> that that was the karaoke version, by the way. That's why it sounded a little little different. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Oh my. Okay. What would you do, baby, without a la 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 la? All right. Go ahead. I yeah. Um. So yeah, that pretty much covers it for this week. Um. Did you have anything else that you want to add? Anything no, I, I that's hope, relevant that we need to talk about? I hope that accidentally going to Spotify on my phone did not start the bad stuff that we hear in previous episodes. That we've had really good episodes for like the last yeah. two months, it feels like. Um, I've yeah. been very good. And then I just had a momentary lapse right there. So I'm hoping that the last 15 to 20 minutes sound good with the list. We'll see what happens. But uh, no, I enjoyed the right. show. It was, it was a good time. Excellent. All right. Well, did, did you happen to check out any releases for next week? or I do I, not I, I know the release week. All right. So Metacritic has uh, a few on here. Uh, Between the Buried and Me, col- Colors 2. Um, David Duchovny has uh, released an album or is releasing an album called Jesterland. Um, Debbie Gibson. <laughs> The body remembers. <laughs> no, we don't need to listen um, to Deborah Gibson. You don't think so? I don't think so. James McMurdy. I don't. I've heard that name. Um, cool in the gang. Good grief. Uh, Lord Solar Power. Okay. Uh, Maggie Rose, Martha Wainwright, <clears throat> Palmistry, Shannon and the Clam, Sturgill Simpson, The Ballad of Dude and Juanita. Okay. And Wolves in the Throne Room, who I've never heard of as either. So wow. I really, you know, it's kind of a, it's it's slim pickings. Yeah, based, week. Off the, based off that list, I would either go with Lord or probably Sturgill. Um, let's go with Sturgill Simpson. Okay. And, um, I just, yeah, I, I can't seem to want to get into Lord. Um Sturgill Simpson, yeah, I mean, he's all right. I mean, we'll check it out. It's it's a country country album. Mm-hmm. It'll be kind of one of the first that we've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. so we're going to go with Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's got a little bit of that rock vibe to him, right? Yeah, a little bit. So we're going to go with some Sturgill Simpson, The Ballad of Dude, and well, I'm guessing it's Juanita. Huh? Um. As for any other albums, I I don't know. I mean, what do we got? We got let's do uh, that Blackberry Smoke album from twenty twenty. Blackstone Cherry. <laughs> yes, I don't know why I mix Blackberry Smoke and Blackstone Cherry. It's similar names, I guess. It's similar um, names, and you know, all three so all yeah. I mean, all kind of the same amount of syllables in there. Um, but did you have something bands. else? Did you have something else? No. Uh uh-uh. uh okay. I don't. <laughs> 
So we can go with that. The the family condition by Blackstone Cherry. Um, top five lists. You know, kind of when I, I, I alluded to in, in The Killers, the opening track of an album, I feel, <coughs> is the most important piece of an of just the album experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we would do the top five, our, our top five opening tracks of albums. Yeah, that's a good one. That's going to be very difficult, um, but I it like is. it. I, I like it. And I agree with you what you're saying with the opening track. It, it's, it's the foundation of the album. Um, yeah. And if, if the opening track the is no good, it does. It sets the complete yeah. tone. Um, so I look forward to that. I, I will do my best. I'm definitely going to leave some stuff off of there, but oh yeah, I will, I will do my best. Looking forward to that. That should be a, a fun list to make. Yeah, I think so. So we'll do that one. Um, yeah. Any other, anything else? Any other suggestions? Any big things to look forward to? No, uh, no. More, more COVID concert news. No, we don't. We don't. Yeah, it's, it's just, happening this week. Let's knock on wood, cross our fingers, um, do whatever it is we got to do to make it right with the uh, the rock music gods, and uh, so we don't have any more cancellations. Yeah, here goes nothing. We'll, we'll do, do our best. Do, do your part, folks. Get vaccinated. Yeah. You know, do what it is you got to do. <laughs> Wear your mask. Let's just let's let's have some some music in our lives because yeah. Boy, we know 2020 was a long fucking year with no live music. I know plenty of my friends and plenty of people that complained about it the whole time. Man, we didn't so, even talk about Garth Brooks and Lincoln. That's true. We didn't. Um, so we'll to, we'll to, should we add that to next week's list? There'll be two no, weeks at that we point. Can, no, we can, talk to, we can talk about it real quick right now. Okay. If, if, you, if they tuned in this long, they're going to stay for a couple minutes longer. Sure. Um so Garth Brooks, um, Kathy went to the show. Uh, my significant other, the love of my life, the mother of my children, mm-hmm. my baby mama, as she mm-hmm. so loves to be called, yeah. um, went to the show. Um, she really enjoyed it. Um, played all of his hits. It was her second time seeing Garth. Um, she said it was a lot different with 90,000 people there. It was crammed. People were on top of each other. Um, there were there were drunk fools. There mm-hmm. were people that were dancing all around when there wasn't really any room to be dancing all around. Mm-hmm. But besides those few poor experiences, she really, really enjoyed the show. Now, where was she sitting? She was sitting in the far end zone in the corner. Um, she was kind of behind a camera tower or something of those lines. So her view was a little bit obstructed, but it wasn't terrible is what she said. Um, and so how was the sound and good she video said, screens? Yeah, good video screens. She said the sound was perfect. He sounded great. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I think that she has a secret crush on Mr. Garth Brooks. Sure. Um, so, you know, she might have been biased in it. But, you know, I mean, it's Garth Brooks. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of hits and... Um, Surprises that my daughter went to the show. My oldest daughter, Kaylee, went to the show as well. I didn't know she was going, um, but she she went to the show as well, and she also had the same thing to say: is that it was a really, really good show, and she was really, really impressed, and she knew more songs than she actually thought she would. 
No, of course. Yeah, I mean, it just blows my mind. 90,000 people. Just yeah. unbelievable. And the first time, um, they actually sold alcohol in Memorial Stadium. Wow. Um, they have never done that before. Um, so there was, you know, quite the level of drunkenness going on, sure. um, as you can imagine. That, so That's normal at a Garth Brooks show, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's just, you know, I can't remember what Pinnacle, what's Pinnacle hold? 20,000? Uh, a little less than that. Probably yeah, 15, like 18,000, 15, 18,000, somewhere yeah. in there. You know, so you're going to have that, you know, six times that amount in one area. Um, you know, I'm sure it was the largest concert in Nebraska history. So, yeah, absolutely insane. Also, the largest ticketed audience for Garth Brooks ever. Oh, really? Yeah. He's the only the only uh, crowd that he's played in front of bigger was his Central Park concert. Okay. Uh, but that was that was not a ticketed concert. Uh, right. So this is the most tickets he's ever sold for his show. Wow. Yeah. Pretty, that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty yeah. good that's a pretty good record for Podunk, Nebraska to hold. You know. It is. And during a pandemic. <laughs> and during a pandemic. Um yeah. I mean again, I I'm surprised that he's not played to a a, a larger ticketed audience. Uh, you know. It's hard to get more than 90,000, man. I mean, there's just you not a lot so? of stadiums. I mean, there's, you know, I think the Rose Bowl, um, you know, Penn State Stadium, uh, Mich- Ann Michigan. Arbor. Yeah, yeah Ann Arbor. Uh, there, there's just not a lot of places that would hold more than 90,000 unless he goes to a big giant field. Um, what does in America what does, is not what does Arrow? What does Arrowhead hold? Uh, he sold 76,000 tickets for that. What about Jerryland? Uh, Jerry Land, he could probably get over a hundred thousand in there. In fact, I would not be stunned if we get, if we end up doing that because I think the George George Strait held held a concert there where I think they fit in a hundred and seven thousand people. Yeah. So I, I I will not be surprised if ultimately Garth does pull that rabbit out of his hat. Um, I, I do think uh-huh. that'll be something he does try to break a record of. Has he ever played Jerry Land before? Not that I know of. This is his first stadium tour that I that I'm aware of. Um, so all oh, these really? stadiums, I don't I don't think he's ever played these stadiums before. These are, these are the first time for all of them, I believe. Huh. Okay. Well, good stuff. I mean, you know, I'm sure someday maybe I'll catch him. Um, well, that was you your know, chance, man. Well, I mean, when are you going to see him now? I don't know. I'm sure yeah. he'll go on tour again. Yeah, he's going to be doing this stadium tour for like the next two years, I think. Okay. Well, I mean. Okay. I mean, I, again, it's one of those things where if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. You know. Yeah. Well, he's already played Denver, Lincoln, and Kansas City, uh, so you're gonna, you're gonna have to uh-huh. do some traveling. I'm not totally object to that, but I probably won't do it. Yeah, you can come down to Fayetteville if you ever play Fayetteville. Okay. We have a football stadium. Yeah, but it doesn't hold that many. I've seen your football hold, stadium. Uh, it's 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 got a capacity of seventy seven thousand. No, it doesn't. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't look that yeah. big. Yeah. Mm. Didn't look that big. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, folks, have yourselves a great week. We will Thank talk you. to you soon. Good and night. again, <coughs> I'm not done. I'm all over the place trying to get off the phone. Yeah, I apologize about my do. coughing. There's no mute <sighs> button on Anchor, by the way. I just want everybody to know that. No mute button. That is no mute. No mutes. There's no mutes here. Um, no redos. Um, so again, everybody share this to all your friends, family, coworkers, whatever it is. Um, and let us know what you think. So on that note, have a good one.
Goodbye. Thank you.